Amen. That's a beautiful sight right there. All right, let's uh, be finding Judges chapter 6. The book of Judges chapter 6. And we'll look at the background. You may know the story of Gideon in the Old Testament. But maybe you don't know the story of his father, Joash. So first, let's look at the background. Judges chapter 6, we'll pick it up in verse 1. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel because of the people of Israel. And they made themselves dens in the mountains and caves and strongholds. I mean, it was a, it was a pitiful time in the nation of Israel. Verse 3, wherever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Malachites would come. In verse 4, they would encamp against them and devour the produce as far as Gaza or Gaza. That's uh, all the way from one end to the other. And they would leave no sustenance in Israel, no sheep, ox, or donkeys. In verse 5, for they would come up with their livestock and tents and they would come like locusts, they and their camels. So many couldn't be counted. So they laid waste the land. And verse 6 says, And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried for help to the Lord. Well, they got that right. That's what you do when you have been impoverished and reduced they cried to the Lord. Then it, the next picture seems to be, if you pick it up in verse 11, that of a young man named Gideon. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, or Ophrah, not Oprah, but Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abbey Ezrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. You had to beat the wheat to get to separate the grain from the chaff. But in order to hide it from the Midianites, he, he got down in this wine press and um, so that people couldn't see. Uh, y'all know what a wine press is? Where they would throw all the grapes and then they would get walk on it and squeeze. I always think of that I Love Lucy episode. <laughs> Some of you uh, will know what I'm talking about. But they step and stomp it until the wine runs out in these little tunnels. And then, uh, 
So he's down in this empty wine press trying to beat out enough wheat to make some bread. And an angel of the Lord comes to him, says verse 11. And look at verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And I'm wondering if maybe this was sarcasm. I don't know. He's down, he's hiding. And the angel says, oh boy, oh great man of courage, the Lord is with you. And Gideon said, verse 13, My Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all these wonderful deeds that the fathers recounted to us, saying, Didn't the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel. Have I not sent you? Then verse 15, He said to him, that is Gideon said, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my father's clan or house. Now, Manasseh was a weak tribe. It was on the other side of the Jordan, actually. And subject to robbers and pillagers, it was vulnerable. One of the first to go into captivity, that was Manasseh, tribe of Manasseh. And Gideon says that his clan or his family is the weakest in Manasseh. And then he said, out of all my family, I'm the least in my father's house. So that's getting on down there on the degree of pathetic. He, in other words, he feels like he's the weakest, most unworthy person in all of Israel to do this. And the Lord said, I'll be with you. Well, it doesn't matter how weak you are. It only matters how strong God is when he calls you. So then we're introduced to uh, Gideon's first act of obedience. Look, drop down to verse 25. Verse 25. That night, the Lord said to him, verse 25, Take your father's bull and the second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has. Oh, cut down the Asherah beside it. So God calls him, says, start at home. I want you to go to your father's house and that idol of Baal that he has outside along with Asherah the female god that goes with the male god Baal I want you to cut them down and I want you to build an altar to the true god out of the material of these idols so Gideon's afraid but he took some men and he went at night according to verse 27 because he's too afraid to go in the daytime. But he did it. 
So that's where we are now. And here we are introduced for the first time to Gideon's father, a worshiper of Baal, a false god of fertility. Joash, the father of Gideon, had been Canaanized. Joshua had been told to go into the land of Canaan. And what were they to do? Deuteronomy 7, 5, here's how you deal with idols, Moses told Joshua. Break down their altars, dash them in pieces, chop down the Asherah, and burn their images with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord, and God has chosen you a special people. Well, Joash, instead of breaking down these idols, he built them up. Instead of uh, Judah going in and making Canaan more like Judah, Canaan had made Joash more like Canaan. So that's where we find Gideon and Sometimes uh, God starts a move in a family with a young person. So they come out, drop down now to verse 29. And they said to one another, who did this? They've come up and they found their idols broken down and the men town say who did this and they did a search verse 29 and they discovered that it was Gideon son of Joash verse 30 then the men of the town said to Joash bring out your son that he may die for he broke down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah so they're going to kill him. Gideon has done the unthinkable. He's burnt the idol of these Israelite men. So bring him out, they said. And here's where we see a new Joash. Look at verse 31. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you fight for Baal? Will you try to save him? Joash here has evidently recovered his faith. He is standing up now against Baal. He's standing for his son Gideon. And he says, are you going to fight for Baal or save him? Verse 31. See, that's a clue. When you have to save your God, you, you know you got the wrong God. What we need is a God who can save us, not one that we have to prop up and defend. So he says, will you contend for Baal? Who, uh, and then uh, one paraphrase says, puts it like this, whoever uh, fights against him will be dead by morning. In other words, if, if Baal is who he says he is, he'll put him to death. He'll be dead by the morning. But he says, if he's a God, 
let him fight for himself. So Joash takes a stand. And sometimes, fathers, we find our young people who want to serve God, and we need to support them. And it'll draw out faith. We need to step up. I remember uh, when we used to live off of Bristol Road near Carmen Park Elementary School. And uh, my two daughters at that time were Elizabeth and Patty. Elizabeth was the oldest. And she was on fire for God. Still is. And uh, so one day I got a phone call from the principal. And she said, Mr. Rednauer, could you come down and talk to us? Uh, I thought, what in the world is this about? So I went down there and, and she said, uh, your daughter Elizabeth is telling the other children that Jesus is coming back on a white horse and he's going to put all of them in hell if they don't repent. And she said, I'm getting phone calls from parents because their kids are coming home crying that they don't want to go to hell. And she said, would you talk to her about this? And I said, oh, okay, okay. And so I remember talking to Elizabeth. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, the white horse is okay? But can you tone down the flames a little bit? <laughs> but I do remember thinking, did I handle that right? Did I, I, did I pour water upon her fire, upon her commitment and devotion? I mean, I don't know. But we've all been a, a bit of a Joash at times, in my understanding of things. But Joash comes around here. And because of Gideon, Isaiah 11:6 says, A little child will lead them. So look at what happened in verse 33. Chapter 6, verse 33. Now all the Midianites and Amalekites and people of the east came together and crossed the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. He sounded the trumpet, and look at this, and the Abi Israelites came to follow him. Who was that? Well, we mentioned it over in verse 11. It's, he belonged to Joash, the Abi Israelite. That was, that was Gideon's family. That was his clan. So first he got his father to follow then he got his clan, his family to follow. And then look at it in verse 36. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they too were called to follow him. So the whole tribe, as well as other tribes, joined in. The, there's a tremendous power in the anointing of young people's faith. There's a childlikeness that influences even older people. And some of God's greatest works are done among the youth. 
So I, I wanna just want to basically address three groups for just a moment. First, I want to say a word to those young people who don't have Christian parents. You're here today and your folks aren't. Then I want to say a word to those, who, those young people who do have Christian parents. And then I want to say a word to some struggling fathers. So it's quick and simple, easy, number one. A word to those youth whose parents do not serve God, but you want to. Can I remind you here, God called Gideon, not Joash. God can speak to you, and he can invite you to follow him. He can renew your faith and bring you to conversion, and your family may not be supportive. If your parents have idols like Joash, listen to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 4, where he says, Do not be like your fathers, to whom the prophets cried out, Thus says the Lord, return from your evil ways and evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention. So your fathers, where are they? Do not be like them. When your parents serve God and follow God, then, then the same, follow the example of your parent. When your parents are idolaters and do evil, then do not follow the example of your earthly father. Follow the example of your heavenly father. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. We worship the God of heaven. This does not mean that you should be disrespectful or dishonor them in any way. It's just that you have a God to serve. And you follow him. Now a word of encouragement to those who have Christian parents. I want to encourage you to not settle. You have Christian parents, so there's a tendency to relax. You're under the blessing. But God wants us to go forward and go beyond our parents in blessing. Deuteronomy 30 verse 5. God will bring you back to the land which your fathers possessed and you will possess it. And he will do you good and multiply you above the fathers. He'll take you beyond the fathers. You look at your fathers and you appreciate them and you praise God for them and you see God's blessing on them. Don't stop at that. He's able to do exceeding more abundantly than you could ever ask or think. They are not your standard. God's call on your life is the standard. He will take you above the blessing of your own parents. This is what is called by some generational momentum. It's where one generation serves God. The next generation takes 
the baton or runs the ball, whatever metaphor you want to use, and they go even farther. They are more committed. They go with a third generation which picks up, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just pick up where the previous generation left off and you move the kingdom forward, you advance it forward in faith, in prayer. Psalm 127.4 says, Children are arrows in the hand of a mighty man. That is, they go farther than we do. An arrow goes farther. Psalm 127.4 One more word. A word of hope to struggling fathers. Maybe you feel like Joash. Bad beginning, good ending. I know I do. Many times. I have felt like a failure as a father. And so this Joash is for all of us. Joash recovered his faith. Joash recognized his idols. And Joash, along with his whole family, followed Gideon and his example. So the last thing we read about Joash is not an idolater or worshiper of Baal, but Judges 7.14 says, people looked at Gideon and says, well, this is the sword of Gideon who is the son of Joash, a man in Israel. That's how he was known in the end. Not a man of Baal or Asherah or Canaan, but Israel, God's people. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. Fathers, maybe you didn't do too well in the beginning. Maybe you're like me and poured water on occasion on their faith. Whatever our past, join me in determining today and committing yourself that you're going to end well. That you're going to end on fire for God. That you're going to close the chapter, the final chapters, with a heart devotion to the God of heaven as an example to those who follow. Amen. Ushers, you come. Let's worship with tithe and offerings today.